Hey everybody, does capitalism get you down? Does the constant pressure to be productive get to you? Are you tired of being a cog in the machine? Productivity porn has created a business around making you think that constantly being productive will lead to a fulfilling life. However, this mindset has created unhappy, anxious, and burnt out people. On our podcast, we aim to entertain by providing useless information just for the joy of it and giving you time in the day to stop the gears of capitalism. And if you're thinking, what's the point of this podcast? Then we invite you to be part of the revolution against toxic productivity by embracing the useless things. Welcome to episode 25 of the Very Unimportant People podcast. Do less. I'm Lydia, and this week I had a two-day hangover. And it sucked. Oh. <laughs> it was and a rough time. And <laughs> I'm Courtney. And this week, I finally got my COVID vaccine. Yay! Vaccination Woo! official vaccination. registration. I'm part of the club. Hell yeah. Here. How's it um, feel? My 5G. My 5G is going strong. <laughs> it's going strong. Stalled? I have to get a new phone because, of course, mm. you know, the 5G interferes it's with not your phone connectivity. It's not capable one. Yeah, yeah, so I had to get a new one. That was really True. the only uh, big side effect that I had. Right. Have you started hearing um, Bill Gates' voice in your head at all? Not happened to no, me. No, but I'm mine. suddenly very attracted to him. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's all I think about. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. Especially now that he's single. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. It's like the perfect situation for me. I got back, like, right as he, you know, like, ended his marriage. Yeah. So It's almost like he planned it. It's my time I to think I... he might have. Just for no, me? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, <laughs> it seems like, I think he's telling me right now. I can hear him in my head telling me that. <laughs> oh, okay. So you got, like, the telekinesis. That's Yeah, yeah. That's We're kind of, like, connected, got. you know? Oh, cool. Cool. I love yeah, learning cool. about I think he has the master microchip. I think that's how that works. <laughs> that would make sense. Right, and he just kind of lets it out. It's like God almost. Mm, the vibrations, yes. For sure, the vibes, yes. Because yes. everything vibrates, yeah, exactly. You get it. <laughs> That's great. Which one did you get? I got Pfizer. Oh, yeah. Which I'm feeling pretty good about. I feel like That's Pfizer. the one that everyone wants. Yeah, so yeah. They're being like really the one secretive with the most about clout. it while I was there. Like, people were, like, asking the volunteers, like, what vaccine they were giving that day. And all the volunteers were like, oh, like, we don't know. We can't tell you. You find out when you get to the nurse. Mm. And then we got to the nurse, and it was a Pfizer. Nice. nice. Some guy fainted. Oh, oh, drama. So bad for him. I know. You know how you you have to, like, wait for 15 minutes? Yeah. Right as I was walking into, like, the waiting area, I hear just, like, help, help, somebody help. And I look over, and there's this guy just, like passed out in his chair and yeah he fainted and i felt bad for him he was so embarrassed they like brought him a mattress (laughs) to like lie down on the ground and they were like please sir like lie down and he was like no i feel fine now no it's okay i think i'll sit and they were like no you have to lie down and he was like okay and he's like lying on the floor by himself in the middle of these like seated people that's really funny but other than that it was a pleasant experience that's good that's good Unlike your hangover. Oh, dude. It was <laughs> tell rough. Us, tell us I got, more. I got wicked fucked up this weekend. <laughs> wicked. Wicked fucked up. And then, you know, I was like drinking water kind of. I mean, like as much as you can at the beginning of the night, you're like drinking water. And then it gets to this point where you're just like too drunk to what drink is water, water. <laughs> exactly you're like what do you mean 
cooler (laughs) sounds the same but anyways the next day was like absolutely terrible i just like lied in bed all day like watch tv whatever and then the day after that i was like okay i feel better now but like mentally i was not there i was just still Mm. so dead like i still just wanted to sleep and i still just wanted to like not talk and like just be by myself but i couldn't (laughs) it was so weird hangovers suck i think it's because my alcohol tolerance has gone down i don't remember if you said this was a thing but like i can't freaking tolerate it at all anymore me neither my tolerance is just getting old is hard you guys it's It's hard hard. and i don't know if it's because like we're just every week yeah i think that's what it is i think it's because we're like out of practice yeah so our tolerance goes down and then as you get older your hangovers also get worse so it's like a double doozy it's easier to get a hangover and then when you get a hangover the hangover's worse oh it's like 10 times worse oh my god it's terrible what is your like go-to hangover food do you have one do you have Um, something that you like crave when you're hungover i ate a lot of um crackers (laughs) oh okay it's like a very simple food. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Like the it nausea. Was like the only yeah. thing that I was like, I can definitely eat this. Even like hot food wasn't appealing. Cold mm. food wasn't appealing. My stomach just hurt so bad. And the only thing I could Aww. eat was crackers. <laughs> they were good though. They were good crackers. Good. Like, it was good. cheesy Happy like on the you. outside. Yeah. So it was pretty good. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Cheese. But, dairy is so good for mm. your <laughs> upset stomach. I can't. I don't... <laughs> I didn't have a lot of options, but I'm not really sure. Do you have a go-to hangover food? I don't think I've ever put too much thought into this one. I always crave when I'm super hungover. Once, like, the initial nausea has passed and it's just, like, the headache and, like, just feeling like crap, um, I crave Subway. Oh, Subway. I had it once when I was super hungover, and it tastes so good. And now every yeah. time I'm hungover, that's just, like, <laughs> all I want. Mm, I want Subway right now. I'm so sorry to do that to you. <laughs> Sounds amazing. I love Subway so much. Oh, man. That, that sounds really good. Oh, yeah. All right, you guys. And now is the time in the podcast where we talk about the poll. Um, but Lydia's away on vacation. So it's just me this week, um, which also probably explains why the poll questions were a little were a little whack. I went a little crazy. Lydia like prepared a schedule for me for what I should post and the polls were the only thing that she kind of let me, not let me, that she kind of left in the schedule for me to just do whatever I want with and yeah I may have gone a little ham so I am sorry about that. But um, so the first question that we had was do you think the Principality of Sealand is a legitimate nation? And surprisingly, this was split exactly 50-50. So I don't really know what to think about that one. But uh, yeah, the, the jury's still out. And the next question was, have you ever been to a micronation? And 13% of you said yes. And 87% of you said no. Which leads me to believe that I think a lot of you maybe didn't listen to the episode because I'm willing to bet a lot of money that more than 13% of you have been across a border. And if you've been across a border, you've technically been to a micronation. So um, yeah, listen to the episode and rethink your answer. And I would also like to say that Lydia has been across a border. And she answered no for this question. So I think she also needs to listen to the episode. <laughs> um, so next question was, would you join our micronation? And only 
3% of you said yes. So I'm a little torn about this one. I'm so happy that 73% of you want to become a part of our micronation, want to join. I love that. You are welcome the second that we get it up and off the ground. Um, but for the other portion of you that said no, I'm a little hurt. I'm a little hurt, I will admit. I think that we would make a wonderful micronation. I mean, on the podcast, we have so many great solutions to so many world problems that I think that we would do really well as leaders. Uh, so I, I challenge you to reconsider. I hope you will reconsider your answer and become part of the micronation that we might hypothetically one day create. And then we had, have you ever hated on a One Direction fan or felt hated on for being a One Direction fan? 47% of you said yes and 53 said no. So yeah, I guess that's nice. Um, it's nice that 53% of you have not hated on a One Direction fan or haven't felt hated for being a One Direction fan. Um, this is something that I am definitely guilty of, something that I definitely did, you know, in my younger years when I was young and naive, but I'm glad that a lot of you are smarter and nicer than me. That's great. And then finally, do you think teenage girls are unfairly hated for liking things? Now, 73% of you said yes and 27 said no, but I thought it was very interesting that every single person that said no was, was a man. So if that doesn't tell you something, I, I don't know what will. Just, just take that however you want. And yeah, that's it. Thank you so much for participating in the polls this week. Um, you can check out the poll. There's probably a poll up now for this week's episode. Um, so you can head over to our Instagram. That's very.unimportant.people. Um, and they'll probably be back to normal this week because Lydia is back in control of the Instagram. So don't worry. Order has been restored. Anyways. Okay. So guys, um, <laughs> I know that we've been doing like these kind of TED talk type of functions recently here on the podcast that's supposed to be only opinions we've decided that it's we're just gonna keep it out in the open it's not gonna be like oh this week is a ted talk it's like every week it's either going to be an opinion or a ted talk slash it's mini lecture it's whatever we, we want out it of to opinions be. <laughs> pardon me i said it's whatever we want it to be we are the only authority yeah. on this podcast yeah we had about <laughs> the vote went over so this is now Opinions and is. just cool rants. Yes, exactly, exactly. So in in lieu of this new information, this new format, if you will, um, I'm going to start off the podcast this week when talking about something really interesting that I, um, it just came to me. I don't know. Okay. And it's My Little Pony. So, <laughs> okay. Yes. My Little Pony has had a re- birth recently and it's it's just been going off going crazy not recently but like a while ago I remember it was going off going crazy and the reason why I found this super interesting which I hope you will also find it super interesting is because when I was a kid I liked my little ponies I was that mm. girl who had like 100 ponies and I knew them all by name and I had <laughs> I did I had like the graphic books I had the movies um, I had limited edition ponies that I would make my mom pay for with like special Pegasus wings and stuff like that. Wow. And it was it was a great gift. I had like a display in my room and life was good. It was bliss. 
Simpler times, man. Simpler times. <laughs> Years passed since then. And in 2010, I was in grade eight. I remember this very clearly when there was a reboot of My Little Pony. Just like so many things, like there's always like a next generation, like mm-hmm. as like, for example, with Pokemon, like they had the first generation, the second generation, the third generation. And now they're like the seventh generation of Pokemon. And they like include so many Is new like- powers and shit. Is it like when they changed Dora? Yeah, to be it like was kind of like when they changed Dora. Okay, yeah. Yeah. and I'm pretty sure they changed SpongeBob too, didn't they? To like this they 3D did? like sort of animation. It didn't go down very well, <laughs> but no, I think they tried to change, change it at SpongeBob. one point, and everyone was like, "Ew." <laughs> so they changed My Little Pony for a new generation, and like. I don't know. I think I think it's really interesting and I want to talk about how this fandom kind of like took off into a direction that nobody was pre- prepared for prepared for, excuse me. <laughs> and the fandom like turned into this huge phenomenon and I know a lot of people have heard of the fandom or the bronies as they will forever be known as. <laughs> I've never Brony. I've never heard of this. Bro plus pony. You haven't? No. So I'm completely green, completely new to this. I'm ready for my oh! mind to be blown. I, I know all, nothing okay. about Ask questions if you fandom. have them because I'm operating on the assumption that you have a little bit of knowledge that you've it's heard zero. of like the bronies. <laughs> Absolutely zero. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, That's questions. great. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the three hour episode. <laughs> um, so, okay. So, yeah. So, like, there's this there's this fandom of like people who really like my little ponies and so um uh, the unexpected thing that happened is that like men started to really like my little ponies and so they dubbed themselves the bronies and then the women are the pegasisters super cute love that but the whole fandom has kind of like turned into just bronies because it takes up the men in the fandom take about 80 percent of the fandom (laughs) is it like ironically they like it or is it it, that's how it started okay let me get into it so the pony friendship is magic aired for the first time in 2010 and it was not well received by one article which is cited by a couple of sources that i was looking into as the birth of the fandom because this one article was on a site called cartoon brew which i guess is a renowned like site for talking about cartoons and stuff like that and the title was the end of the creator-driven era in TV animation. Just all about this, like, My Little Pony reboot. And it slams the show for being a reboot, saying it's a money grab, a marketing ploy. They're accusing the animation of being a paint-by-numbers in a way that could only appeal to a mass audience, and it's not for creative expression. Basically, the idea that it isn't real art. Yeah, also, chill. What the hell? (laughs) I know, so I wasn't re- expecting the, it to be like it, it's not supposed to be legendary breaking. breakthrough. That's what I, I know. It was so dumb. For five-year-olds. Uh, and it, people were really <laughs> upset by this. Like, even people, because My Little Pony was coming out in about a week once this article was released. So this person saw it for the first time before, like, anybody else. Um, and they also talked about the creator or the showrunner. Her name is Lauren Faust. And she's, like, a really well-known anim- animator. She kind of ran um, the Powerpuff Girls, among other things. Ooh. But Powerpuff Girls is, like, her claim to fame because it's a very good show. Um, not that I've seen it, but I hear it's good. <laughs> so apparently she lost her status as an animator because she sold out to a toy company for little girls. This did I'm, not wait. sit well <laughs> with anybody yeah isn't that what powerpuff girls is too i think she sold out to for my little pony when she was just making like previous to that she was just making another cartoon for little girls i think the thing is that my little pony it was basically 
on the fact that My Little Pony is a reboot. And like Powerpuff Girls was an original idea. So I guess the whole thing is that like it was a creative expression to like make the Powerpuff Girls. Whereas My Little Pony, it was a reboot. So like obviously like people would want to buy the toys because Mm -hmm. like it was for kids. But I guess in the 90s or whenever Powerpuff Girls came out, maybe like buying toys and stuff like that wasn't that big of a thing. And like people would just watch the show just like for the animation and like for the art and like blah, 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 all this stuff all these things so i don't know apparently like her her status was lowered because of oh this. no i know and this is where 4chan steps in have you heard of 4chan i think we've talked about it before on the podcast no. okay so 4chan the official definition is an anonymous image board website anything goes website made in 2003 and it's just kind of been around for like a really long time Um, The unofficial definition, as stated by Urban Dictionary, is the asshole of the internet, where integrity (laughs) goes to die. (laughs) Users are jaded and cynical and play a game of who can be the biggest asshole. (laughs) Sounds like our Instagram. (laughs) Courtney. It sure does. (laughs) That's a good one. So um, also stated was a couple of the rules that 4chan had when it first started. I put this one in specifically for you because I knew you'd Mm. hate it. The first rule is that women must show their breasts before entering and before becoming like a part of the the 4chan user thing. It's obviously a meme. Like the entire thing is anonymous. So they just kind of like made this. Um, And then the other rule, there was four rules, but I'm only choosing two of them because they were the most crazy. And then the other rule was that Every sexual fetish ever conjured by the human imagination lies beyond the first page. And these were the people who came to bat for My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. Setting the stage. I thought that there might be something sexual about this fandom. There is. (laughs) When I heard that it was men and ponies, I don't know why, but I was like, there's... It immediately sets off like this kind of alarm bell in your head, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I totally understand (laughs) how how you feel. Um, So on 4chan, there's this cartoon page. And because of the article's tone and its exaggeration, they attacked and defended the show directors and artists, drawing a lot of attention um, to how god-awful the show is supposed to be. So when the with show actually came out, people had, like, really low expectations for it, and they were obviously pleasantly surprised. Like, if anybody out there has seen an episode, even one episode of My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, it's a good show. <laughs> like, it's actually good. It's so funny. If you're into cartoons, I know Courtney's, like, not too big on the cartoons, but, like, it's a good... It's funny. It's well-animated. It has really good world-building, like... It has jokes that are for the adults. Really, really cute little characters, big anime eyes and like squished in noses, um, otherwise known as uh, anthropomorphic, anthropomorphic, like an animal that has like human, humanized like characteristics pretty much. And yeah, it's really enjoyable. It has a positive message, blah, 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 all about like caring for people, nurturing people and like just being a good person. Like it's a show for kids. They have to teach them these really good um, things, right? (laughs) So people started watching it ironically, like people from this cartoon um, thing were like watching it and they were like, oh, I'm going to watch My Little Pony. Friendship is magic. Let's see how god awful it is. Started liking it. And Uh before they knew it, they were unironically enjoying the show. Uh And that is how the My Little Pony universe opened up to a new demographic. Adult males. (laughs) Or bronies, as why do they I hate that demographic on. so much? I know <laughs> it was so cute. I was like, oh, that's so nice. And so you said adult males, and adult then males. my instant reaction was just a cringe. 
I was like, Me. it's okay, it's okay, don't worry. A lot of people, you share that opinion Sorry. with a lot of people. Like, a lot of people are kind of thrown off I don't mean to shame anyone. I don't, I don't know I, what, it's just I a understand. subconscious reaction, I think. <laughs> you just hear adult males and you're like, oh, like, well, I hate you. <laughs> Get off the internet. <laughs> so... Um, something kind of like funny about how it was received on 4chan like after like the first year ish um they started to meme about it on 4chan and they would spam other discussions with pony pictures and pony memes to the point where 4chan had to ban the word pony and they weren't allowed to talk about it at all and people were spamming pony pages with like really graphic like gruesome images and porn to get them to stop and to get them shut down as like a threat like an internet threat like if you keep posting about my little pony we're gonna fucking post like porn all over your shit <laughs> so that's so aggressive it is a little aggressive but this was the catalyst for the fandom because this led to the creation of another website um what's it called i don't remember what the website is called but it's about nice. the my little ponies and okay. it led to the forced creation of other websites which led to the first brony con now, BronyCon is a convention specifically for people who enjoy My Little Ponies. <laughs> My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. I personally oh, love wait. to imagine. Go ahead. <laughs> I just had such an image in my brain. The realization that I just had that the people who attend this conference are young girls and adult men. I know. That's exactly what I was just going to say. Like, I love ah. to just think about, like, these young girls and her parents going to get, like, going so to meet the adult. showrunner, going to meet Twilight Sparkle, and there's just, like, 80% male population, older male population uh. at the BronyCon. Just wearing My Little Pony t-shirts, <laughs> like wearing My Little Pony hats and stuff like that. It's so wow. funny. Just like amongst the children are like men. <laughs> like, My Little Pony, mom, take me. <laughs> uh, so funny. So the Bruni fandom was so powerful and intense that My Little Pony creators interacted with them on 4chan. They interacted with them on Twitter and new websites that spawned the creators and like the writers would make profiles on those websites and then like interact with the people like face-to-face -face kind of thing and do like q a's and stuff like that um and in one season the creators actually made an extended episode where they referenced the word brony as a shout out to the fandom for their unwavering Aww. and almost obsessive support isn't that so sweet <laughs> that yeah. is so sweet i know and a lot of people a I haven't watched, like, the rest of the seasons of the My Little Pony. I've seen, like, I think up to season three. Um, but apparently it gets, like, really bad in, like, the later seasons because of the amount of illusions that they make to the brony fandom that people don't think it's as funny anymore because they'll use, like, just, like, words that only the fandom knows and stuff like that. And people are just like, oh, So the show has because... just become for the fandom. Yeah, because they, they add in, like, little, like, sexual jargons or, like, this kind of stuff to, like, appeal to the bigger portion uh, of males, their demographic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty crazy so oh wow. the website it's called equestria daily sorry about that everybody if you're a brony equestria. i apologize equestria daily because the place that the ponies live in is called equestria get it like equestria because oh, okay. it's a horse okay. yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so uh -huh. they would post like daily news and like daily stuff and like all this like fan art and like as the fan art like increased they started getting better fan art and they started getting like more stuff to sell and like more interesting things and this is pretty much where the bronies were like solidified and validated for being fans mm. so the conventions <laughs> 
in 2010, it started off as a humble 90 people going to this convention. People were lined up outside in their hundreds trying to get into like this really small space. Over the course of, I think, nine years, eventually it grew to 4,000 attendees with merch stands, guest speakers, artists, musicians, and these like artists and musicians became celebrities within the fandom and they became guests at the panels and they would have like these rock concerts where people would make music based on the music that was in My Little Pony Friendship is Magic and they would put on these like crazy shows. I have a quick story about the thing actually. I was watching this girl's video. She went to Brony. She went to, uh, I don't, I think it was like the second last Brony con or something and they were on the second floor of a hotel and people were jumping so hard to the music that some Someone had to come up from the hotel and talk on the speaker and be like, please, like, for the safety of everybody, do not jump anymore. We're worried about what will happen for the safety of you and the patrons. And then they went back downstairs. And then, like, during the concert, they kept playing the concert and they weren't jumping. So instead of jumping, when they got really excited, they chanted, please don't jump. Please don't jump. (laughs) Just to stop themselves. That's so cute. Aww. Isn't that amazing? I was actually Aww. so happy when I heard that. Like, I, it's such a community. Like, it's such yeah, a sweet. Yeah, that's such a wholesome like, story. I thought you were going to be like, and they kept jumping and they and broke they the floor. Broke it. Oh, <laughs> no, they were so respectful. Nice. And I think it has something to do with the show because the show is all yeah. about like respect and like being kind and like charity and like solving people's problems and just like being a sweetheart. So, mm-hmm. I mean, this is not technically a bias thing. Uh, <laughs> I know. Um, so I guess it was in like the second or third year of the fandom that people decided it was okay to unironically watch the show. And so like new bronies who were joining the fandom at that point were there without any of the ironic context that it had in the first mm. year or two of its like of its inception, right? So these conventions were a phenomenon in themselves because they were huge and not a lot of fandoms outside of Harry Potter and Star Trek, apparently, who has like a really big fan base, <laughs> which I believe, um, not a lot of fandoms outside of two, those two have their own conventions at large. Like think about Comic-Con, for example. Comic-Con, mm-hmm. typically, it's a shit ton of different things grouped into one area so that they could kind of get it all done in one foul swoop. But yeah. My Little Pony Friendship is Magic was just one event, one three-day event. <laughs> For thousands upon thousands of thousands of people. Um, People like to say that like Harry Potter or even Lord of the Rings, it's more about the world that it's in instead Mm -hmm. of the actual characters, right? So Harry Potter, you want to go to Hogwarts. My Little Pony, you want to live with the horses. I'm not sure. (laughs) So... I get it. I used to want to be a horse when I was a kid. That's besides the point. Um, so, <laughs> it's, okay. so they build this world. <laughs> We're just going to skip over that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's irrelevant. Like everyone wanted to be, a, didn't you ever want to be an animal when you were a kid? Like you were like, I want to be a dog. Woof, woof. I guess so. Yeah. Like, I think it's just yeah. a kid thing. That's fair. Know. That's valid. Okay. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so the world was built so nicely that you wanted to go there. You want mm-hmm. you want to be there. There's magic that simply exists. There's places and ponies to talk to. And the ponies, um, contrary to what they were defending, they actually are very easy to draw. Like every single one of them does look the same. They just have different colors and like mm-hmm. eye shapes and like mm-hmm. hair colors and like different like cutie marks and like characteristics. Um so it's easy to draw yourself into the world and to make up your own pony Aww. and to insert yourself into the world, right? So it's all about, like, it's it's literally made for a fandom. Like, it's so easy to put yourself into it and be an active participant that it it's just, I don't, what else was going to happen? 
Um, so now, with all that fun stuff put aside, let's get into the adult side of the convention. Oh. I'm sure you may have seen this portion coming, but one of the most... I was hoping that it wasn't. It's coming. <laughs> it's happening. I was like, this is so nice. This is so nice. Is, I judged I know, too prematurely. Such, it sounds so wholesome. That's the thing. It's such like a mix of both of the things where it's so sweet and wholesome and such a loving little community, but then it's mm-hmm. also like sometimes dark. <laughs> oh, I'm not weird. Okay. okay, I gotta prepare myself. <laughs> like okay. most fandoms, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Um, what are the most interesting? I use the word interesting just like intriguing i guess parts of the bronies in my opinion is their attraction and sexualization to the ponies in a kid's show (laughs) i had to take it there i know they fucking took it there bro i i can't not talk about this because when i was this is like the biggest it's just it's important kind of i guess to the fandom yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) um so the main characters in the show, it's like, uh, I think it's like six or seven main ponies. They're like strong female characters, all of them, strong female leads, diverse, like many different personalities. And for little kids, the ponies are good role models. But for adult mm. men, um, they could also be good role models. But apparently the ability to see something as cute and strong and not sexualize it just doesn't exist. So... <laughs> Pretty much 75% of the bronies at the conventions are there because they are attracted to the ponies. And I don't want I don't want this to take away from the people who actually like find the show. Like I know you're out there, people who actually find the show funny and they watch it for the enjoyment and it's imaginative and has good conflict and good storytelling. But like mm-hmm. let's be honest, the merch on the adult side ain't about the good writing. Almost every vendor stand on the adult side has body pillows of the ponies and they've been edited to look more human with like their squished face and like soft floppy hooves that like can actually like hold things and stuff like that instead of actual tough hooves that could hurt you for real. And the ponies have like hella ass. <laughs> like hella ass. Bro. <laughs> Why? Why? So many stands. Like if you have a moment, just look up BronyCon like 2019 because the, everywhere you look, it's just like eight feet tall displays of every single pony being like sexually uh. like <laughs> promiscuous. <laughs> They're ponies. I know, I know. And the defense that they oh, have is that they're attracted ponies. to their personalities. Oh, sure. Okay, So do yeah. what you will with that. <laughs> okay. Wow, never heard that one before. I wow. know, right? Oh I know. Okay, wow. So, of course, so this eventually led to the introduction of furries into the fandom. And mm. in the first, like, few years... You couldn't openly say that you were attracted to the ponies. It was very taboo. It was hush-hush. However, the more people started to join it unironically in the later years, the more furries started to join the fandom. Of course, it's like an, it's, it's mm-hmm. like an anima... Fuck, I, I keep forgetting what that word is, but it's like a, an animal with human characteristics. So, like, of course, obviously. And um, they started accept... The fandom started accepting this, and a large portion of them started participating in the furry side of My Little Pony. And some of the furries in My Little Pony say that they like completely attribute them becoming a furry to my little pony like they're only furries for my little pony (laughs) nothing else in the later year of the fandom people who went to conventions who weren't attracted to the ponies were in the minority you couldn't really couldn't really find a lot of those people (laughs) so why is it a sex thing that is 
probably one of my biggest questions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I'm so caught on, like, on the fence on this one because I don't want to kink shame, you know? I yeah. don't want to kink shame furries, but... I understand. At the same time, I'm so disappointed that they, like, sexualized these I know, and it didn't start with characters. the furries, too. Like, furries came later, and they were like, oh, let's do this. Like, they were just having a good time, you know, but didn't yeah. start off like that yeah i'm not really sure um i did discover well i don't know i already knew about this um it's called rule 34 of the internet which is that if it exists there is porn of it <laughs> that's the rule <laughs> it's rule 34 of the internet i hate that so much <laughs> I, I understand i understand oh, um or maybe it's because people are insecure about liking a show for kids and they decide that it needs to have more adult themes to make them feel secure in the fandom so that Sex they can isn't feel like the only adult theme that there is that's a really good point because in the show there is a lot of adult like i'm pretty sure being compassionate is an adult theme you should be compassionate as an adult mm. you should be loving and you should be giving and you should do nice things for people and if the fandom is already like 80 percent adults mm-hmm. like it, it's already adult you don't have to like make it more adult it's it, you're think... already valid in just just in numbers yeah there's just people who are like it's a kid's show i can't like it it's a but kids it makes show. it worse. It makes I would rather yeah. somebody be like it's a kids show and I like it than them being like it's fine. It's because I'm sexually attracted <laughs> to some. I don't understand how that makes it better. That doesn't. It doesn't at I'm all. I'm not really but sure. It makes it I'm a lot really worse. Sure. I, I know. <laughs> they, they took it there. They they went there. Anyways, okay, so. I mean, that's, that's pretty much all I have to say about the sex thing. Like, I don't know. It's just it's just a part of the fandom. It's just what they okay. do. Um, and of the 10 million people in the fandom, um, <clears throat> apparently only 2 million are sexually attracted and are like furries. But oh, okay. they are the most loud, outspoken fans. So they're the ones who are mm-hmm. the most likely to go to the convention, which is why at the conventions, it looks like 75% of the people are like... Into, gotcha. the, into the ponies instead of, like, the other way around. Are kids so, still going to that? Kids are still going, but they have... They've done a really good job of separating the kid side and the adult uh, side. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> of, of, like, the vendor's area. But I'm concerned about, like, the writer's area and, like, the different stuff that goes on in the convention. Like, yeah. Such as, like, I don't know, shows and panels and, like, talking and just the Seems general, like, you're like just, concert like, bringing- vibe kids to like an orgy is kind of the vibe that i get from <laughs> that's what it seems like so let's do people who are like sexually attracted mm-hmm. it's a bunch of people with the same kink coming together to celebrate that kink mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then Why there's like kids, kids there? randomly there I, it just yeah. seems weird it just does it does seem a little strange huh <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, it's uh, a little weird okay so i have a little bit of like a, a redemption for okay um like our gentlemen who yeah. are okay. into it so i've come to the kind of like a uh, difficult conclusion not super difficult but it's just that even though the original my little pony was made for girls like i was a girl who liked my little pony the mm. tv show is for everyone yeah. in my mind i think i can compare it to spongebob because mm. everybody likes spongebob you don't have to be a boy or a girl to watch spongebob but because, like, My Little Pony started off as, like, a girl thing, I think people still think it's kind of a girl thing. 
but it still like is funny it has music it's interesting and it has important life lessons right and like at the beginning i i was a little put off by brony culture i still am um (laughs) but think think about like it in this perspective Mm -hmm. if the show could be categorized as a girly show to outside viewers but isn't um it's it's like 2021 and Guys should be able to like girl stuff, even if it's not like girl stuff. It's just seen as girl stuff from an outside perspective, right? We've been so liberal in letting it happen the other way around. For example, girls liking traditionally guy stuff in quotations, Mm. such as like fast cars and video games (laughs) and like it's being challenged, right? So maybe this is just another way of saying like fuck gender roles and guys can like My Little Pony. Although I am still a bit weary of the sexy pony body pillows. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the way I see it, yeah. the rest of the fandom is free to enjoy My Little Pony. Just like so many adults are like totally free to enjoy any other cartoon. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like I was saying, like the amount of people who are actually attracted are, it's the smallest percentage. However, they are the most outspoken because I guess like sex is, yeah. it just makes you be very passionate about <laughs> everything about it i guess and a little redemption at BronyCon every year they started this in the first year they raised money for children's cancer research and Aww. in their most recent one they raised 80k in <laughs> under like an hour or something wow. like that so they're doing good things and i think that also has to do with like the show being founded on kindness and generosity mm-hmm. that it makes sense that the conventions are actually they have a lot of really awesome aspects like mm-hmm. the concerts sound like a lot of fun <laughs> the the stuff that you can buy like i love buying merch like the stuff you can buy seems really cool and it's like handmade and you're supporting like local stuff and you get cool hats of things you enjoy and in the end i guess it's not hurting anyone <laughs> The kids who are going to the conventions and, like, are possibly seeing subtly sexy ponies probably, hopefully, dear God, don't understand what's going on. (laughs) And, like I was saying, apparently they divide it well into, like, the adult and the child side. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, hopefully it's, like, a little bit, like, whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of my quick breakdown of uh, (laughs) where the fandom is at now. It's not technically hurting anyone. It's just like everyone's a little put off by it. Yeah. Because <laughs> how did it come to this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, that's, I think that's where I am. I totally agree with you with the, like, men are totally allowed to like My Little Pony. And there's nothing wrong with that. And that part of the fandom sounds, like, really nice and wholesome. Yeah. But the part of the fandom that is sexualizing ponies that have the personalities of like strong females that are supposed to be role models right for females isn't exactly breaking down gender roles and sexist (laughs) norms there's like a big divide there of the part of the fandom that is and the part of the fandom that isn't and i'm very supportive of the part of the fandom that is breaking that down and like allowing men to enjoy these things but the part of the fandom that has to use sexualization to like justify it and to validate their enjoyment of the show or their enjoyment of like strong women like they have to be sexualized otherwise you can't have a good time it kind of the definition of toxic masculinity if you ask me so there's yeah there's it's a very interesting mix. Very it is, polarizing. It? 
fandom. I know. I'm really like, about it, but also really against it. You want to be, it's very confusing. It's just, I feel yeah. so torn up inside. <laughs> Me too. It's hard. Yeah, a lot. If it makes you feel better, uh, My Little Pony ended in 2019. So, <laughs> although they had another brony con after it ended, the mm-hmm. pandemic pretty much shut it down. So, we're not sure what's going to happen from here on out. Me and the fellow bronies. We don't know. <laughs> you and the fellow bronies. Which side of the bronies are you on? I'm, I'm with the um, the furries. <laughs> you're with the, oh, you're with, the, you're with the sexual side. No. Oh, oh, all right. <laughs> no, but for real, like, I'm not. For real. Um, <laughs> just in case. Just in case. I'm wearing, like, little, like, pony ears and a unicorn horn, so... I just didn't want to um, confuse anybody. But yeah, it's not hurting anybody, I guess. It's just like, yeah, you're right. It's really not breaking down the gender roles as much as a lot of people mm-hmm. are hoping that it is. And like their mm-hmm. defense is always like, we like their personalities, not the not their sexy And why do they bodies. have a big butt? That's the thing. Why is the ass so big then? Ass. They have like glowing, big, beautiful anime eyes. You know, the ones and like the it's luscious plain. hair and like the... The look. Why are there so many furries there? Explain. If it's just for their personalities. <laughs> just for their personalities, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And honestly, if it's teaching them good lessons, I guess whatever. But. Teaching who good lessons? Um, anybody. Okay. People who are sexualizing the horses. Maybe they're still learning. Maybe yeah. they're still like, oh, it's good to be compassionate and kind, but I want to fuck. <laughs> so where does that leave us, Twilight Sparkle? <laughs> Where does that leave us? Pinkie Pie. <gasps> Pinkie Pie is such like a... Oh my Shepherd god. Name. My brain Shepherd has been tainted by this talk. Pinkie Pie. It's yeah. cute, but like I could definitely see how it would be sexualized very easily. Mm. Very easily. That's true. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. Yeah, that's that's it. That's all for my part. I don't have any other thoughts. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> No more thoughts in my head. None thoughts. No None thanks. thoughts. Alright guys, welcome to the second half of the podcast. And this is my half. And I do actually have an opinion for today. <gasps> opinion! And my opinion is about van life. And I think that van life is actually a little bit of a cry for help. <laughs> <laughs> oh, van life. How I would love to run right? away, to live in a van. I'm sure Escape. we've all had this experience. You're yeah. on your Instagram, just scrolling through, and you see this picture of this person in this beautifully renovated van. Mm-hmm. And they're waking up, and they're on the beach, and they're looking out yeah. over the sunrise with a coffee in their hand, and their oh, cute yes. dog, and they're perfectly chiseled boyfriend <laughs> and you think i could do that that could be That's me. the life that i want i want to wake but up on the beach i really think that van life has been over romanticized and i think that instagram has a lot to do with it and Probably. some people have gone so far as to call van life rebranding homelessness rebranding homelessness i Which, mean i I Which I think see where they're coming from, I guess, because yes. people, yeah. <laughs> I see where they're coming from. I think it's a little bit of an extreme comparison, but I do think that there's like a valid tone to that argument. 
And I just want to clarify before I go into it that I'm not jabbing at people who live van life. I think that a lot of people live the van life and really enjoy it. And it provides a lot of like relief and escape for them. And I don't think the cry from help for help is coming from like individuals living van life. But I think it's coming from like the fact that there's a whole community of right. van life. It's like a it's there's like an the issue here of all these people it. exist and all these people need this. It's more of that, not like a oh. you should pity people who live van life. Okay, okay, okay. I think that they have developed a unique situ- uh, solution to a difficult situation. Mm-hmm. Because I think that so people use van life to escape normal life, right? Quote unquote normal the life. Con- yeah. Do you mean like they they run out of options of like living like in a home type of thing, and then they have they are forced to move into a van, or they do it because they because of like a leisurely like kind, fun kind adventure? Of both. Okay. Kind of both. Okay. I'm gonna kind of get into that. Okay. Um. But basically, people run away. People use van life to run away from quote unquote normal life. So normal nine to fives, normal renting a house, having a mortgage, living in the same place. Mm-hmm. But I think that this is very much a commentary on what normal life is actually comprised of, and I think that van life is largely um, a response to unaffordable housing costs. Oh, that's, uh, that's for the both real renting tea. and by uh, buying. For, um, it's a reaction to low wages and also high living costs. Um, steeping most people, tea, <laughs> yeah, most people resort to van life to pay off debts, to escape unfulfilling nine to fives, oh. or as simply a last resort because they can't find a place to live. Oh, wow. Because mm. you'll hear a lot of people in their videos like, yes, they're doing it for the adventure, but they also normally mention something about like, Oh, and we don't want to pay a mortgage, or yeah. oh, we want to be able to start saving money. They so there's always unfulfilled. that like undertone of it's not just the adventure, but there's something else that's wrong there. And so I prepared yeah. some stats for everyone. Nice about the state of the economy. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so these are American stats, but I think they're still relevant to the Canadian economy as well. Yeah. So the typical homeowner in America is more than 44 years old. Um, whereas in 1982, the typical homeowner was about 25 to 34 what? years old. So Shut it's clearly taking people a lot longer to be able to afford houses. Wow. Um, and when in just when adjusted for inflation, a home that cost $120,000 in the year 2000 would have cost only 30000 in 1940. No way. Yeah. No so way. you know when all those people use those arguments that like, oh, it's inflation, like the prices look super cheap, but it was yeah. still hard to buy a house, you know, back in the 80s. Or yeah. I guess this is the 40s. The 40s. But actually, <laughs> it was like, it's not as easy as it looks, but yeah. it was a lot easier than it is now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and as of June of 2016, the annual rise in rental prices is nearly four times the inflation rate. So housing oh. prices are going <laughs> up a lot faster Economics. than inflation. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're not catching because, up. Minimum wages hasn't caught up. No, yeah, because people use the argument that rental prices are so expensive now because of inflation. But that's incorrect. Yes. Inflation is like moving at this pace where housing prices are moving at this pace, if that oh, makes more okay. sense to you. Yeah, yeah, that does make a lot of sense. They're moving faster. Way up there. Um, And when it comes to education and debts, 
um, in the 1970s, tuition at Harvard was about $2,600, whereas in 2016, uh, tuition was about $43,000. So that's almost 17 (laughs) times higher or a markup of 1,550%. Forty three thousand dollars. That's how much it costs to go to school in America. Yeah. Damn. I'm sorry, New York. <laughs> that is yeah. crazy. Our tuition is like three thousand Canadian dollars per semester. Yeah. So you should definitely move here. And even our education <laughs> prices are too high in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, there's still there's so still people expensive. in the states got people it still got go it to debt, but I can't imagine. Oh my gosh. Wow. And in response to that, 71% of university graduates carry debt when they graduate. Oh, of course. Um, <laughs> the <laughs> amount of debt is normally between uh, 25,000 to 32,000, uh, depending on the institution, which I think is actually pretty impressive that yeah. <laughs> school cost, that tuition is costing 43,000 and people are graduating with only like 20 to 30 thousand dollars of debt that's very impressive it good on impressive. you i don't know how you're doing that me neither that's really but good. good job yeah. okay this one blew my mind in no state in america in not a single state does working 40 hours a week at a minimum wage job enable you to rent a two-bedroom apartment oh in no state if you work 40 hours and you make the minimum wage the federal minimum wage you can't rent a two-bedroom oh apartment what the fuck? What? That's that what? seems very wrong, America. It does. It does seem very what wrong. What are you doing, America? I don't understand. And then finally, oh, in 2018, terrible. a quarter of adults in America had no retirement savings, skipped a medical procedure for financial reasons, and oh. could not make an un- unexpected payment of $400 because they simply did not have enough saved up. Oh, my God. So that is the state of living, the economy, and debt that we are facing. What do you do if you don't have retirement savings on another? You don't retire. You just have to keep working until you die. I guess so. Wow. And I think that... (laughs) Sorry. I know. this. (laughs) It's a little bit depressing going from, like, Lydia's... Just way out there opinion. That was lots of fun. Uh, this one's a little bit more depressing. So I'm that's okay. We have that. both on this podcast. You I come here, you both. don't know what you're going to expect. And you get the highs of the brony fandom and the lows of the economy. state of the economy. <laughs> but anyways, due to that reality, a lot of people turn to van life because, hey, you don't have to pay a mortgage. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to pay rent. A lot of people can quit their nine to fives and work a lot less to support that lifestyle, or they mm-hmm. so they think. But the problem is, is that Instagram has been really deceiving people about what the realities of van life are. Oh. Um, so I went into some like videos and some articles about people who have lived van life and actually tell you about why they hate van life and why van Whoa. life has lied to them. Okay. So we're going to go <gasps> wow. through some of the complaints about okay. van life. So it's actually really hard to find free parking <laughs> every single <laughs> I night. That's a good point. Yeah. Think about it. Every single night you have to find somewhere to park your van in order to sleep. Okay. And you can pay thirty to sixty dollars a night for a campsite with a hookup, mm-hmm. which if you're paying thirty to sixty bucks a night, that's equivalent to paying rent. Yeah, that's an expensive stay. Yeah, that's a good point. 
Um, or you can camp with no hookup, which you might find some better deals. Um, mm. But that means that you drain your battery, your water source, and your gray water storage. So it's quite oh costly in other ways to park with no hookup. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there comes security. If you're parking in parking lots and in urban areas on the side of streets, it can be really scary. Oh, that's a good a point. Car... I hadn't cons- that's You can't park on the beach every day of your life. <laughs> yeah. And like, that's one of the things that a lot of people comment about van life is going into it. They think it's going to be this like very picturesque life where they're camping on the beach every single night. But it's actually like camping in parking lots and on the side of roads a lot yeah. more than actually parking in really beautiful places and cars don't offer that much security like car thefts and car breaks break-ins are really common and they're really easy to do unfortunately Mm -hmm. and if you're in like maybe a sketchy area or an area that you're not familiar with i could imagine it'd be really scary yeah sleeping and like extremely stressed being able to just hear people by the car literally (laughs) and then they rob me also everything that you own is in your van if somebody breaks <laughs> right. in they can steal everything that you own holy shit which is very stressful when you're in the van and when you're just walking around out of the van yeah when you want to go on your little hike or something like that like your computer your money your passports like oh. everything is in your van so security is not so great living in a van oh i can imagine that sounds really scary um it's a lot of work is the next point Mm. that people are really excited because they get to quit their nine to fives and they get to work less but what they don't realize is that living van life is actually almost a job in itself oh because you every single day that you wake up you have to think about finding parking for that night where am i going where am i sleeping how am i getting water how do i dump my gray water where do i put my garbage how much electricity do i have left in my battery do i need to park somewhere and charge am i safe in this area like these are things that you have to think about every single day oh my god it's very taxing to That's be always so like stressful. planning yeah. and thinking about these things. And to always have this underlying threat of something bad happening to you just because you're out in the open. Mm-hmm. And just like Jesus. think about how restrictive your daily life would be if, you know, like your stove only had like a propane canister and yeah. that's all you had to cook. And your water was a limited amount in a tank. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like just... I feel like it's, like, mentally taxing to always have that calculation on the back of your mind. Yeah, yeah. You know, at home, you have to be careful because, like, if you use more, you have to pay more. But you always know it's going to be there. But in van life, there's a very Ugh. real threat that you could use up all your you propane and run not out. be able to cook. You could not be able to shower, drink, oh charge God. things. That's yeah. so stressful. Holy crap. Uh, yeah. I um, can't imagine living a van life anymore. <laughs> also, if there is bad weather, you are stuck in a 30 to 90 square foot room. Ooh. Okay. To put okay. this in comparison, the average one bedroom apartment is 882 square feet. Mm-hmm. So that's a significant reduction there. It's significant. <laughs> Think about like living in your bathroom. Oh. And if there's a rainy day, like when you're in van life, most of your living space is outside. 
because your van is so small. But if it's that's like a rainy true. day, if there's bad weather, you can't count on the in. weather always being good. And yeah, you have to stay inside and do what? Like, I guess, watch TV, which is fine. But what if you run out of electricity? Like, you could read a book, but what if you run out of electricity? <laughs> yeah. Every, you could go on your phone, but what if you run out of electricity? <laughs> wow. It sounds like uh, living in, like, the Middle Ages. <laughs> you, yeah. you really have to be extremely careful of everything that you use. And you have to walk eight kilometers for water. And you have to fucking take those shit out <laughs> in, like, a garbage bag. And Man. I know. That does not sound as relaxing as peace- and peaceful as I thought, you know? I know. I, I really thought that escaping this reality to another reality of just like being self-sustaining almost this mm-hmm. would be like much easier but it sounds like you're not self-sustaining at all you're so reliant on yeah. outside things to keep you safe and to keep you alive and like being able to have the luxuries that you want that it, it just doesn't seem worth it anymore <laughs> no it is a lot of work and that's that's the part that isn't presented in like the instagrams and stuff and that's not, not a bad thing mm. a lot of people still love van life but you just have to be, like, aware that it's not an easy life. It's just a different life. Yeah, that's if true. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so another point that people dislike about van life is that everything is more time-consuming. Right. And that's because yeah. your bedroom is your kitchen, is your office, is your bathroom. Mm-hmm. It's impossible to put down one task and pick up another without uh. laying that task away. Think about, like, every time you're <laughs> oh, working... No. And then you want to go to bed. You can't just close your computer and go to bed. You have to put everything away and then turn your table into a bed and then put the sheets on the bed and then make the bed and get into bed. And then when you wake up and you want to work, you have to do the opposite and tear it all down. And then when you cook, like your kitchen counter is probably part of your office space. You have to clean up all the dishes and everything that you do and you can't like close around. And so everything is more work. That sounds like a lot. <laughs> it does sound like a lot. I agree. <laughs> I would definitely get lazy within the first, like, two months, probably, and same. just start doing everything from the bed. <laughs> like, same. Oh, my God, same. Like, the I bed would be, be a permanent feature. I'd be no. like, absolutely not. I could be putting it up and down and around and, Mm-mm. like, taking it off and putting it away. Also, how do you do laundry? You have to go to, like, a laundromat. Mm, true. You can't do laundry. And then you're, like, stuck parked in your van for, like, four hours while you do laundry. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) It definitely doesn't seem as nice as I had originally thought. Um, It is escaping the the current state of the world, I guess, if you will. (laughs) In a way, yeah. Yeah, you, but I, I guess living is constantly being stressed about something. Like right now, we're not stressed about electricity <laughs> because that. we have electricity, but we're stressed about we're stressed um, not being on vacation. But if we were in a van, we would be stressed about being on vacation. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something mm-hmm. along those lines. Like, you always have to have something to keep you stressed out. You can never live in luxury. That's, that's the absolute worst. Yeah. Um, It can also be really hard on your mental health. Um, It can be really hard to build a daily routine because you're always moving around and in different places. Um, And on that, like you're constantly in a new place and feeling lost and unfamiliar. 
Um, a lot of people said there's like a constant state of wanting to be out of the van because it's such a such a small space you want to be out exploring yeah. but you just don't know where you are and you don't have that like comfort that comes with like knowing your surroundings and knowing yeah, where you are definitely. you don't have um, that home feeling this one person like said this quote and it like almost made me cry it was really sad she said because you have a home everywhere you have a home nowhere oh my god it just made me so sad so yeah it's really hard to build a community and to feel comfortable in the space that you're in because you're constantly in a different space and while you have like your little box that is technically your space your surroundings are always different yeah never seeing a familiar face and if you do want to stay somewhere that is familiar there's a lot of laws and actually like camper van etiquette that prevent you from staying in a place for too long oh really so most places like most campsites or like places that you can park Mm -hmm. have a rule that you can't stay there for more than 14 days which is a decent amount of time yeah but it's still kind of (laughs) short but there's an etiquette in van life that says you shouldn't be in a place for more than two days two days yeah and people apparently get like really catty about it if you stay in a place for too long because like who gets catty they're not supposed to people people in van life Uh, (laughs) but shouldn't they be gone by the time (laughs) yeah or if you're like posting your location online or something like that and somebody sees that you've lingered around a place for a little bit too long they'll kind of get mad at you because you're supposed to like move along and open the space for somebody else oh wow what the fuck it means that you don't really get to have a put down any roots anywhere. anywhere or have a community or i guess van life is kind of a community but it's not a like constant stable community it's still gonna yeah. be always changing in the people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. could be exciting on one hand like this is definitely an account from people who hate van life now <laughs> but i can see how like moving from place to place and like not knowing anyone or anything could be cathartic almost and yeah I think it could. Journey. I think it can be cathartic in the short term. I agree. I was about I don't to say it as a that it's not. Thing, but... uh, yeah, yeah. As, for like yeah. a few months. I, I think human but... nature is to settle down in a in a location so. and to like find home and to find roots. Like we ain't mm-hmm. nothing but mammals, you know. Like bears have caves. Yeah. Birds have nests. Like everything has somewhere to go back to and familiar surroundings. Familiar people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I understand wanting to, like, escape wherever you are, like, all your problems and stuff like that. But I think maybe, like, do a van life to another destination. That would probably Mm. make me feel more secure. Like, if I was to, like, van life to British Columbia and then, like, put down roots in British Columbia. That would be cool. (laughs) 100%. Or just, like, a road trip. Take six months off. Take a year off and do a road trip and then come back but not to make it just like your permanent living situation for Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. foreseeable future that's i can imagine that getting extremely stressful maybe living in a trailer would be cool though because that has a little bit less of the issues i think because you're connected constantly like if you buy a property Mm -hmm. in a trailer park it's true it's a lot it's a lot cheaper yeah Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's a good solution solution (laughs) you can still have that kind of van life but (laughs) best of both worlds i guess (laughs) Um, And then kind of the final point that I have, which is the big doozy, is it might not actually be cheaper to live in a van than it is to live in an apartment. And that this is the biggest lie that there is because people think that it is the cheapest solution and they use it to run away from like financial issues. But yeah, they're like, now I don't have to pay a mortgage. 
that's not always the case. So first of all, you have to pay higher insurance because you're driving your van so insurance. much. Insurance. Of course, the more you drive your vehicle, the more kilometers you put on it a year or whatever they use for their measurement, the higher insurance rates that you have to pay. Mm-hmm. And also, all of your belongings are in the van. So might you be an idea to get <laughs> some more insurance there for, for break-ins. <laughs> um, you often have to get a gym membership to access showers. Oh, no. And it's often like a premium gym membership because when you buy a gym membership it like gives you access to one location and you often have to like buy up to the next one to get access to all the locations which you have to have if you're doing van life raw that sounds stressful and then you just have to revolve your entire journey around where the next planet yeah (laughs) literally (laughs) man that's rough Um, You also might have to pay off any car payments or any loans that you took out to renovate your van because renovating the van is an expensive thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, You'll have to pay for parking, which we already talked about, which can be up to $30 to $60 a night, which is the same as rent on top of all your other expenses. Um, (laughs) You're going to be eating out more because cooking in the van is not so easy or fun and you also have limited resources as we talked about you only have mm-hmm. a certain amount of propane or electricity and water so you're going to be eating out a lot more mm-hmm. um, which can get expensive uh there's a lot of repair and maintenance to the vans oh these I didn't vans that. break down all the time because really? they are not <laughs> they're not meant to be homes true they're not meant to be homes pipes freeze if you park somewhere that's too cold oh no you you freeze as well like it's really cold they're really prone to pests and you're just driving them like 24 7 so also driving all the time oh my lord that's also yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. i watched this one video where these people uh their van broke down they think they were on like a six-month road trip Mm-hmm. And they had two big breakdowns while they were mm-hmm. on the road trip. And they were stuck in, like, both times they were stuck in uh, tourist areas. Mm-hmm. And it took them two weeks to get an appointment with a mechanic. They had Whoa. to live in a parking lot what for two weeks. And then they had to drive over, like, three towns over to get to the mechanic. Because oh. in the town that they were in, it was a three-month wait <gasps> to get into a mechanic. What the fuck? Yeah. That doesn't seem right. I thought mechanics are available like day up. Oh, I guess it's a really big repair. And then you have to wait for your thing to get repaired Mm -hmm. too. (gasps) And it's expensive. I can't imagine. Like what if you have to give your vehicle over and then you have to live in a hotel or something for three weeks while you wait for your car to get fixed? That's a definite possibility. Like, And then you're still paying all your expenses for your van, your insurance and all that. But now you're paying for a hotel as well and repairs. And then hotels don't Um, have kitchens. (laughs) You're eating out every day. Holy shit. Uh, most people work less, so they're bringing in less money, which also yeah, makes it Yeah, because you have to work on the van. That's your job. Yeah, because you have to do van life. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people have to get AAA for their breakdowns because it can cost over $2,000 to tow your van if it does break down and you don't have AAA. Oh, so, Jesus. And you probably need, like, the gold membership, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then finally, people pay from, like... 10000 to upwards of $50,000 to buy a van. Oh. People, this is a down payment. This is a down payment for a home. That's a good point, Courtney. That you're spending on a van, which yeah. I get the mortgage. I get that you don't want a mortgage. I totally agree with this point. 
But it's something to think about when your monthly expenses might not actually be cheaper. Yeah, they'll just end up being that much. Plus, you can't imagine all the crap that might go wrong. (laughs) And they have to factor it on top of that. Like, if a mortgage, if you're making a payment, like, $1,000 every two weeks, that's like $2,000 a month. Living in a van is probably, I feel like $2,000 a month is somewhere close to how much it would be for, like, weekly mortgage payments. You have to pay for food. You have to pay for gas, electricity, water. Well, I mean, when you're living, when you have a mortgage, you also still have to pay for food and, like, electricity. And obviously, there's more expenses there. That's true. Oh, another expense in the van is, like, internet because you have to buy, like, a hotspot or... Yeah, that sucks. Something like that. Um, (laughs) And, yeah, pay that monthly fee as well. So, it might be a little bit cheaper van life Mm -hmm. than conventional living. But also remember that you are not able to bring in as much income. Oh, yeah. That's so true. it kind of evens it out. Wow. That is cheaper, but you're also working with a smaller budget, and so it doesn't really matter. Um, Man, So that, that kind of brings me to my conclusion mm. that I don't think people are selling everything that they own, moving out of their homes into 80 square feet of living yeah. space with limited electricity limited or no hot water, composting toilets, and little to no security without some underlying issue. I think Mm -hmm. that people are desperate for another way to live and that Instagram has done a really good job at advertising van life as this perfect alternative to this draining like daily life that people Mm -hmm. live when I don't think it's the right solution. I think that some people find a solution in it, but I think the solution here is actually just to fix the the daily life that we're living so that people don't have to live this way van life looks fun for a couple of months it looks like a fun activity to do Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to take a gap year and do van (laughs) life it doesn't look like a permanent solution to your living situation yeah and that's why i think it's a cry for help wow society that was a good full circle right there (laughs) i enjoyed that yeah i'm sorry that that was a lot more on a lower note. Yeah, no, but depressing. that's okay. I think this really needs to be addressed. It's important it, for people to stop romanticizing the the van life and, like, making it look so amazing. And, like, now everybody yeah. wants to live in a van down by the river, but, like, you literally have no it, idea. Probably not that fun. It no, it sounds extremely stressful. It sounds awful. Yeah, it really does. Uh, like, to buy a van. Oh, my God. I don't even want to buy. And then to renovate it. Like, you're still stuck in your situation for as long mm-hmm. as it takes you to renovate your van. And as long as it takes you to make sure, like, it's ready. And you have so little space. And where do you put all your stuff? Like, <laughs> I'm such a maximalist. I don't know if I would be able to live like that. And what if you have cats? Yeah. What if you, like, dogs, you fine. Cats? Dogs you can take out of the van. But, like, yeah, yeah what are you going to do with your with your cats? Your cat can't live like that. No. Wow. Well, guys, you heard of here first. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for because you mm-hmm. just might get it. Mm-hmm. Start, and you just might hate it. Instead of living in vans, start lobbying your governments for affordable living and higher wages. <laughs> Boom. I think that's the yeah. overarching. Once you have achieved lobbying that, works. once you have achieved your, you know, whatever it is, I think it's like 30% of your income is supposed to be on rent. Um, once you have achieved that and you don't have any debts and you still want to live in a van, do it. Yeah, go for it. But if you're <laughs> using it as a solution to escape it's your money not problems, right you probably won't be escaping your money problems. You're probably not solving the problems. No. And if you do and escape you the money problems, you're probably sacrificing your 
uh, physical and mental well-being. Yeah. The comfort is not worth is not <laughs> worth the risk. <laughs> worst. Worst. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. <laughs> All right, guys, and that brings us to the end of the podcast. Thanks for sticking around this far. Thank you for listening to Lydia's story, Um, informational (laughs) speech section of the podcast about the brony fandom and what a wild ride that was. Please let us know about what you think about that one. Did you know about this? Does it make you uncomfortable? (laughs) Do you support it? Are you against it? Just what are your feelings? Um, Thank you for listening to my opinion about how van life is a cry for help. Again, no hate at people living in a van. Keep living your best lives. (laughs) Yeah. Respect to you. That sounds like a lot of work and it sounds really hard. Um, But maybe as a society, we have some thinking to do about why people are doing this. And if you want to tell us what you think, you can head over to our Instagram at very.unimportant.people. We are on Twitter. Our Twitter is vunimportantppl. You can email us at hatersclickhere at gmail.com. And that's h-h-t-r-s clickhere at gmail.com. And we're on TikTok. Hell yeah, we are. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it for us this week. I hope you all have a great week.